0: From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins.
1: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Washington Watch. Coming up, Republican lawmakers on Capitol Hill are moving to not only block federal funding of critical race theory in our nation's classrooms, but in the military as well. Texas Congressman Chip Roy is one of the leaders trying to block the Marxist ideology. He joins us In just a moment. And General Jerry Boykin will also step into the studio to explain why the administration's effort to infuse the military with critical race theory is a threat to national
2: security. Also, the previous administration said it was unlawful and told them to return the money. Your administration is now giving them money. This is a legal question. This is a big deal. This isn't something you come to Congress and just say, I'm not going to answer the questions.
1: That was Kentucky Senator Rand Paul earlier today in a Senate hearing pressing for answers on why Planned Parenthood has been given more money through the Paycheck Protection Program, the COVID-19 relief measure passed earlier by Congress. Did he get an answer? Well, he joins us later on today's Washington Watch. And the city of Lebanon, Ohio, voted last night to become Ohio's first sanctuary city for the unborn. Pastor Anthony Wade, who spoke before the city council last night and helped lead the effort, joins us here on Washington Watch. President Biden issued a statement of sorts earlier today on the origins of the coronavirus. The White House statement comes on the heels of Biden's chief medical and mask advisor, Anthony Fauci, who said he is no longer convinced the virus developed naturally outside the Wuhan lab. This information, pointing to the lab as the source, has been out there for some time. But any time questions were asked, those asking the questions were accused of pursuing conspiracies. Well, we'll talk about the latest information with Arkansas Senator Tom Cotton, who was among the first to raise concerns about the origins shortly after the outbreak last year. The website, TonyPerkins.com. If you're on the free speech platform of Gab, it is at Tony underscore Perkins. Let me remind you, Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Pray, Vote, Stand. When you look at what is happening and the attacks on faith and our freedom of religion, how should Christians be responding? How should we pray? Well, tonight, that's what we're going to look at. 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Pray, vote, stand. I encourage you to tune in and join us. On Monday, the U.S. Department of Defense released a memo outlining an initiative in the Department of the Navy that will promote diversity, equality, and inclusion in its policies, its programs, and its operations. Equality, uh, equal opportunity, and diversity, the memo states, are, quote, critical to the readiness of our Navy and Marine Corps teams and ultimately to our mission success. Now, obviously, all of that sounds well, but there's more going into our nation's military under the Biden administration, and a big portion of it is tied to critical race theory. Joining me now to talk more about this, Congressman Chip Roy, who represents the 21st District of Texas. He serves on the House Judiciary Committee and the Veteran Affairs Committee. Congressman, welcome back to the program.
3: Hey, Tony, good to be on the show. Hope you're doing well as we head into this Memorial Day weekend. And You know, remember all those that uh, fought and died for this country and uh, and just appreciate what you do very much.
1: Well, thank you, uh, Chip, and very timely to have this conversation when we think of the sacrifice that men and women have made to secure these freedoms. But I want to start first uh, this uh, now as we're focused on the military. You've also been leading an effort when it comes to the classrooms because our children are being indoctrinated with this Marxist theory as well. And you're moving to block the funding of that.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to be partnering with, uh, Dan Bishop from North Carolina, Mark Green from Tennessee, who are leading the fight to ensure we get critical race theory out of the defense department and all of this political correctness, rather than just making sure we've got men and women who are trained and they can blow things up and kill people when we need them to. Uh, What we need is an education system that will teach our kids uh, reading, writing, arithmetic, and that our country's great. And instead, they're teaching our country that America's evil. They're trying to indoctrinate our children with uh, divisive racial rhetoric and to teach them that their race is evil or that they should be apologetic for being white and books that talk about how to, you know, avoid dealing with their whiteness. Uh, So I introduced a bill, uh, H.R. 3163, the Combating Racist Teaching Act, uh, so that we can prohibit a single federal dollar from going to any school, uh, K through graduate school, that teaches any of this garbage to our kids that is indoctrinating their minds Here's a couple of examples, Tony. In Evanston, Illinois, students listen to Not My Idea, a book about whiteness, which states that whiteness is a a bad deal and always was and that you can be white without signing onto whiteness. There are thousands of these examples across our country, and we need to root it out.
1: So, Congressman, what do you think is behind the left pushing this? I mean, this is a top priority. I mean, there's many priorities from the Biden administration, but this is certainly one they're pushing, not only in education, but as we talked about in the military. Why?
3: This is all about advancing the Marxist ideology. This is all about using this as a way to control the mindsets of Americans. Look, if you, if you can break the back of the entrepreneurial spirit, the small businesses of our country, the ability of the American people to want to rise up and pull themselves up and believe in what they can achieve, then you can then have the tyranny and the control of government over the minds of man, which, of course, Thomas Jefferson, and our founders, you know, fought hard against. You know, look, I'm a proud Texan family back to the 1850s. But I went to high school in Loudoun County, Virginia, and an advisory board linked to the Virginia, you know, in the state of Virginia, Loudoun County's public school district. They demanded that teachers be dismissed if they criticized the district's equity training inspired by critical race theory. All of this stuff is going to control. It's not going to make your child uh, believe in him or herself or for sure to believe in God, but rather to believe in the state to believe that they can follow the rules given to them, granted by a higher authority in government, rather than our God and our creator. And they want to do that in order to be able to have control and power. People say, well, wow, no, you're crazy. That's nonsense. No, that's exactly what it's about, right? That's Go look at the the, the, the uh, all of the materials that go into critical race theory and what it's about. It's about advancing the Marxist ideology, mm-hmm. uh, which is all about uh, authoritarian governments having control over our freedoms.
1: Uh, Congressman Chip Roy, final question for you. Are you encouraged by what you see happening as parents become aware of what is taking place in our public schools? They're pushing back on this critical race theory.
3: I am. We saw a lot of movement here in Texas. We saw a school board uh, flip here in Hays County, Texas, where I live, just outside of Austin. Uh, We saw it in a few other locations throughout the state. I've seen it nationwide. Parents that are now with the veil lifted. Now, look, COVID was a terrible thing. Uh, with respect to small businesses and our government's overreaction and, and, uh, you know, all of the masks and all the fear and, and closing down of businesses. But one upside is that the veil has been lifted on a corrupt and corrosive education system. And now the American people know it. And they're either going to demand the flexibility to take their dollars and go avail themselves of homeschooling or private schools, or they're going to demand reform, forcing uh, school boards to have to act and to answer questions about why they are littering our children's minds with this garbage. We should be teaching children that God exists. God is real. Our country is great. Freedom is important. We should help each other out. But government shouldn't be uh, telling us what to do, that freedom ultimately is is our ability to be able to succeed and 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 to have the great um, you know prosperity we've had in this country as a result. And so that's what we should be teaching our children and hopefully we'll be doing that again soon.
1: Yeah, a lot hinges on the outcome of this initiative to stop critical race theory. Congressman Chip Roy, thanks for leading that effort and uh, thanks for joining us today.
3: Absolutely Tony, God bless you.
1: All right, Congressman Chip Roy of uh, of Texas. I want to transition to the military aspect of this uh, because The Biden administration pushing quickly to get this type of um, ideology, Marxist ideology, through critical race theory into our nation's military. Joining me now to talk more about this, FRC's executive vice president, retired Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin, former commander of the U.S. Army's elite Delta Force. General, thanks uh, for joining us on the program today.
4: I'm always glad to be with you, Tony.
1: All right, you've been talking to members of the military, presently serving, uh, about what is happening within the ranks. Tell our listeners what's actually happening.
4: Yeah, as I, th- I think I told you, I had a guy call me from Kuwait last week, and uh, he uh, he said, as soon as I get the last soldier out of here, I'm done. I- I'm not going to stay in this Army because of the social experiments that are taking place right now. I uh, talked to a guy out in uh, outside of Nashville, Tennessee, uh, uh, Ollie North and I were there, and we talked to him together, and uh, And he said, uh, my unit has asked me to start teaching this critical race theory. And he said, I'm not going to do it. And he said, that means I'm going to get out of the Army. I think you're going to see this uh, happening in all the services, Tony. And the, the sad thing about this is... Um, All this is doing is uh, driving a wedge between members of the military. And there's nothing more important on the battlefield. It's not the weapons. It's not the technology. It is the cohesion and the morale of those men and women that are out there fighting. They make the difference. That's how you win on the battlefield. And all we're doing is we're sitting them down now with this critical race theory, and we're saying all of you on this side are oppressors, and all of you on this side are the people they've oppressed. And that is divisive. And
1: well, it, it appears that that clearly is the, uh, the, the target, maybe not intentionally, but certainly the effect of so many of the left's policies. I mean, we talked about this 10 years ago as they began to interject this uh, uh, homosexuality within the ranks of the military. Now they're wanting to put women and men in the same units together, uh, even in boot camp. Um, that fractures the cohesive nature of 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 the unit this drives it even deeper
4: yeah it does in fact there was an article that just came out today it was talking about how the as it was in the military times or one of the military magazines it was talking about how they they're now having to relook the uh, physical standards because the women are not able to meet the same standards as the men well ha duh I mean don't you think we already knew that and uh, but what what is also happening in the military and this is all part of this social experiments is they are now encouraging people to turn someone in if you know of someone that's an extremist well defined extremist you know uh you mean the fact that the guy maybe 10 years ago had a tattoo put on his arm that he really would like to take off his arm now and they want them to turn each other in. This is Gestapo tactics, and I think you're giving them more credit than I am because you you say whether their intended effect is no, that is their t- intended effect. They're trying to draw division within the military, and they they want to weaken our military. And they say that doesn't make sense. Well, it doesn't make sense to you and me, but it does if you're a Marxist. And I think the congressman has really studied his you know Marxism. It makes sense. If you want to reduce the readiness of our military so that there is no propensity, no desire to use our military again, and you ultimately want to see a Marxist one-world government, it does make sense. And right. that's what's happening.
1: F- uh, final uh, 30 seconds here, General. The average family out there, don't have, they don't have a member uh, of their family in the military. So they say, well, it doesn't affect their family. But it affects us all How?
4: It affects us all because our military has one one mission, and that is to win the nation's wars. Don't think for one moment that we are not going to see conflict again in your lifetime.
1: In fact, with an administration that projects weakness, I would suggest we're going to see more conflict. Right. This is a national security issue. Absolutely. All right, General Jerry Boykin, thanks so much for uh, joining us. As always, great to have you in the studio. Yeah,
4: it's good to be here, Tony.
1: Looking sharp, got a nice haircut.
4: <laughs> I did, didn't I? You did, you did. <laughs> All right,
1: folks, don't go away because coming up next, we'll be joined by Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky to get an update on his efforts to stop the unlawful participation of Planned Parenthood in the Paycheck Protection Program. We had a hearing earlier today in the United States Senate. He pressed the small business administration on that question. Did he get an answer? Well, he's here to tell us next on Washington Watch. Don't go away. Lots more to come right after this.
5: What is Roe v. Wade and what did it do? The Supreme Court's 1973 decision ruled that abortion is protected under the U.S. Constitution, striking down many state abortion restrictions and severely limiting the extent to which states could write their own abortion laws. The Supreme Court's limitations on states to legislate abortion restrictions depends on the trimester of a pregnancy. For instance, Roe disallows states from restricting abortions in the first trimester but allows some restrictions on abortions in the third trimester. What Roe doesn't do is require states to have any restrictions. Abortion through all nine months of pregnancy is the default, unless Congress or the individual states pass laws restricting it. That leaves a lot of room for unrestricted abortions. For a full explanation of how Roe versus Wade liberalized abortion laws, go to frc.org explainer. That's frc.org explainer. After the recent wave of media censorship, are you struggling to find a conservative, relevant, and Christian platform where you can find out what's really going on? Here at Family Research Council, we believe that Americans have a right to exercise their freedom of speech and share their stories with the world. If you're ready to hear the facts that the left doesn't want you to know about, then head over to frcblog.com to check out our latest blog posts. We cover a wide range of issues you and your family care about, all written by our policy, government affairs, and biblical worldview experts. We discuss topics that other media platforms won't, like changes in pro-life policy, current events that affect Christians internationally, sexuality from a biblical perspective, and insights into the bigger picture of the shift in American culture. To stay up to date on current news related to faith, family and freedom visit frcblog.com that's frcblog.com
6: would you like to spend more time in god's word then join family research council on an exciting journey through the bible with their stand on the word bible reading plan frc's two-year bible reading plan helps you to approach daily bible reading with an intentional focus of diving deeper into the nature of god and how his word speaks into cultural issues By studying the Bible, we can see the grandeur of God unfold throughout the past. This reading plan takes you through the Bible as events happen in history. Laying out the scripture every day in an engaging manner, it is key to helping us stay grounded in God's truth. All wisdom comes from God and He has given us the Bible as a way to understand the world. Start reading today with Family Research Council. When you sign up, we text you every Sunday with daily passages and questions that help prepare you for conversations with your friends and family. To begin this journey, visit frc.org slash Bible.
1: Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins. So good to have you with us. The website, tonyperkins.com. Again, let me remind you, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, prayvotestand.org. Join us as uh, we talk about how Christians can be praying for our nation at a time when we're faced with so many obstacles. All right. uh, Today, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen is uh, under fire from Democrats and Republicans alike for skipping appearances today before the small business committees of both the House and the Senate, as required by law. According to the nine hundred billion dollar covid relief bill Congress passed in December, the uh, Yellen and uh, small business administrator, Uh, Isabel Guzman are required to testify before both committees to help oversee the disbursement of the aid well Yellen was uh, a no-show Guzman was the only official to testify today and had to face US Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky who pressed her on his repeated request for information regarding the unlawful participation of Planned Parenthood in the Paycheck Protection Program now this goes back several months he's pressed this issue several times it's been established they should not have gotten the money. But not only is the money not been taken back from them, but as we heard earlier in the program, they've given them more money. Joining me now to talk about this is the ranking member of the Senate Small Business Committee, Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky. Senator, welcome back to the program.
2: Thanks for
1: having me, Tony. So I, I, I watched part of the hearing. You, you asked A very direct question. Did you get an answer?
2: No. We've been asking her for months. I sent her these questions by letter, two letters. I also told her in advance of the hearing, we told her this week we would ask her these questions about Planned Parenthood. Under the Trump administration, the Small Business Administration said that it was illegal because Planned Parenthood is a big business. They are a big abortion provider with 16,000 people working for them. And their affiliates, their state affiliates, work directly for the parent organization. They are integral, they are part of the same organization. And so the Trump administration said they shouldn't get money that was supposed to go to small businesses. They told uh, them that $80 million that was dispersed should be returned. But what has happened is in the new administration, The Biden administration not only is not getting the money back, they're giving more money. They're giving a second round. So in the last couple of months, the Biden administration has given $17.6 million more to Planned Parenthood. And so I asked Ms. Guzman today, how much have you given? How much have you given in in the second tranche of this? She wouldn't answer the questions. And then, so I asked her, have you changed the policy on affiliates? Are you now saying that big businesses like Planned Parenthood can get money? And she said, no, we haven't changed the policy. So I said, which is it? It was illegal six months ago. You sent a note from the Small Business Administration saying it was illegal. And now you're saying nothing and you'll give us no information. I really, I directly said to her, are you above Congress? You know, uh, do you get to make your own decisions on what you're going to reveal? And she just wouldn't reveal anything. And so basically, I think we have to subpoena her, but I can't get a subpoena for her unless I get some Democrat on board. The chairman indicated he might help with information, which may open her up to voluntarily doing it so she doesn't get subpoenaed. But otherwise, I think I can get every Republican on the committee to vote for a subpoena. Then we have a tie vote. And then at that point, we might be able to force a vote on the Senate floor, which will likely fail because we don't have enough, uh, you know, people to beat the Democrats on the floor on a pro-life issue. Senator, to me, this sounds like lawlessness.
1: We have policies in place. We have laws put in place. And they're just doing whatever the heck they want to do. This is what frustrates the American people, that we have laws that they have to live by, but then you have these bureaucrats appointed by
2: Joe Biden and his team that can do whatever they want. And they're also trying to hide this. One, they know it's an emotional issue that we care a lot about, the pro-life issue. But two, they're trying to hide this because they know they're in the wrong the affiliate saying that affiliates that work for a big organization are one and the same and a, an affiliate cannot get money and call themselves a small business. It'd be sort of like this, that I own, I don't know, 400 Wendy's and 300 uh, Burger Kings, but I own them as one entity, as a wealthy individual. And I say, oh, no, no, each individual Burger King is going to get a small business loan. That wouldn't be fair because I'm really a big business that owns a lot of you know, individual businesses. That's what they're doing. And so we've had a law against this, which has nothing to do with abortion. It's a law against big businesses getting loans intended. For small businesses, so we have them. I think we've got them dead to rights on it. The committee staff has done a really good job at, at uh, discovering and going down rabbit holes, looking for information. I think we have them, but they're just going to keep doing it. As you say, they're going to do it in a lawless fashion. They don't want. They don't have a law that they can actually look to to say that they're doing it legally. You know,
1: there's two issues here. Right. You're absolutely right. There's the issue of, of funding an organization that promotes abortion. But the, the bigger principle here is there's a law that says because you're so big, you can't get it. I mean, everybody has to comply with that, except Planned Parenthood and the Democrats. This is kind of this is the kind of stuff when people look at it, it's kind of like uh, Hillary Clinton and, uh, you know, her server uh, in her bathroom. You know, it's like they're above the law. Who is going to hold these individuals accountable?
2: Well, we'd need some cooperation from the other side, and everyone on the other side in the committee is uh, pro-abortion. But I did see an inkling from both the chairman and some of the others that they're concerned about uh, this idea of not being forthcoming with information. In fact, the other side would probably accept it if they just sort of changed their policy and said... We're now giving it to these affiliate groups because we want to give it to people performing abortion. But I don't think any of them want to be that frank. So we'll see what happens. And if the other side, even one person on the other side, will support either a subpoena or tell her that they will support a subpoena, I think we'll get the information. But there was one exchange at the very end that was very telling. She kept saying that at the very end, everybody's loans are going to be forgiven. So this is the way PPP works. Planned Parenthood is going to get the money. They're supposed to pay it back, but it's going to be forgiven at the end. It's it's a a charade. So anyway, she says at the end, there'll be a judgment. And I said, well, have you made a judgment? Have you forgiven any of the Planned Parenthood loans? See, only time she actually answered a specific question, she said no. So she knows all of the information about Planned Parenthood. She won't reveal any of it. She's acting like it's a privacy concern. But I'm the Oversight Committee. There is no privacy concern from Congress. I'm supposed to see if it's illegal. We're supposed to find out if it's illegal and tell them to quit doing something illegal. So she can't stand behind some sort of privacy on this. And it's government money. It's all all of our money. This isn't like a private donor's money to Planned Parenthood. This is the U.S. taxpayer money being extracted from good Christian people who don't like abortion. And we're being told we have to fund it. There are no hide protections in this money. This is something that we should Senator, fight, and we can fight to win.
1: Thanks for fighting it. we got to leave it there. We'll talk to you more later. Folks, stick right. with us. We're back after this.
5: Where do you get your news? Do you have confidence you're getting the full truth? If you want to stay up to date on conservative news and are looking for Christian resources to help you stay politically engaged, then download Family Research Council's Stand Firm app. With all of our content available at your fingertips, you will conveniently be able to stay up to date throughout your busy day. The Stand Firm app will give you access to a variety of resources, such as our most recent radio programs, social media posts, and publications. Additionally, you will have the opportunity to take action and make your voice heard by contacting your elected officials on the issues that most concern you. Visit the App Store on your smartphone or mobile device and search Stand Firm to download Family Research Council's official Stand Firm app. Stay informed with a trusted source. Again, search Stand Firm to download the Stand Firm app.
7: As the political and cultural landscape of our nation has shifted in a concerning direction, it is so important for Christians to be equipped with biblical answers for the difficult questions of our time. That is why Family Research Council created our Biblical Worldview series. With the political left changing definitions to favor their narrative and to push their agenda, at times it can be hard to decipher what is true. That is why we must hold to the truth of the Bible, which stands the test of time. It holds the truth that does not change. Become equipped to stand firm in the face of cultural and political storms with FRC's Biblical Worldview series. This series dives deep into what the Bible says about some of the most crucial issues of our day, You'll learn what the Bible teaches on abortion, same-sex marriage, the separation of church and state, religious freedom, and the age-old question: Should Christians be involved in politics? To access this series, visit frc.org/worldview. That's frc.org/worldview.
1: I'm Tony Perkins, and you're listening to Washington Watch. Lebanon, Ohio became the first city in the state of Ohio and the 29th state, uh, 29th city rather, in the nation to outlaw abortion and to declare itself a sanctuary city for the unborn. The city council there voted uh, just after 11 p.m. last night after a marathon session of about four hours To approve an ordinance that makes it illegal to provide an abortion, aid an abortion, provide money or transportation for an abortion, and provide instruction for an abortion within the city limits of Lebanon. One of the uh, pastors that helped organize this effort spoke last night. Here is a short clip of what he had to say.
0: I'm here tonight to advocate for these victims, not the bullies. I'm here to speak for those who don't have a voice, to be strong for those who haven't had a chance to have their muscles or backbones fully developed yet. I do have a backbone that's fully developed, and I will not miss my moment in history to take a stand for them. I'm honored to stand here in their place and fearlessly say that nobody's going to hurt you on my watch. Nobody's going to kill you in the dark, in the corner, behind closed doors, while others turn a blind eye. Not on my watch.
1: That was Pastor Anthony Wade, lead pastor of Faith Building church in Lebanon, and he joins us now, uh, Pastor Wade. Thanks so much for joining us.
0: Thank you so much for having me on tonight. It's a uh, it's a tremendous honor. Well, congratulations.
1: Uh, I understand you helped lead this effort there. You spoke uh, very articulately
0: last night. Uh, were you surprised at the outcome? Uh no I wasn't surprised at the outcome. We're very fortunate to uh, uh live in an area of the nation uh and and particularly uh a small town America here where um you know we we have core values that are on full display and a city council that i'm super pleased with and a mayor uh, and amy brewer who uh, also i saw that clip also she also has a backbone and uh, they weren't afraid to stand up for what was right well
1: i've been to lebanon many times uh, growing up as a kid not too far from there in uh, in sharonville so i know the area quite well um l- let me ask you this question what was the motivation behind taking these steps
0: Well, you know, there's a a young gentleman in our community uh, named Joshua Beckman who um, was talking to one of our city council members just really a matter of a few weeks ago, maybe about a month ago. And uh, they were talking about all the sanctuary cities in this nation, uh, all the sanctuary cities uh, that stand for lawlessness and some other things. And And they said, you know what, what what would it be like if we actually had a sanctuary city for the unborn? And that was the uh, genesis of the whole thing. And and really things progressed rather rapidly um, and and it all came together and and came to a uh, conclusion last night.
1: So Pastor uh, Wade, there was a lot of folks there. Were you encouraged by the outpouring of support for this ordinance?
0: I really was. and you know, as a pastor, there were several other pastors uh, in the room last night, but really the community stepped up. Um, you know, I see cities like Austin, Texas, Portland, Oregon, uh, Seattle, Washington. Uh, they're they're creating ordinances, how they think that their uh, city needs to be run and how they think that they want their values, uh, to be on full display. And so, you know what, we may be small town America, but we said, you know, what about us? Why can't we do the same thing? And why can't we uh, set a law for, for what we think is right? And uh, the community really did. Um, of course, there was opposition, but the community really did turn out in large numbers. Um, the the support there last night overwhelmed the opposition. Um, but, you know, Jesus himself said that uh, if they hated me he said that the servant's not greater than, than his master, if they hated me, they'll hate you too. So uh, we know that there's going to be darkness there. Well, the ACLU
1: of Ohio and Planned Parenthood said they're going to file suit. Uh, is the uh, the city uh, the city council prepared to uh, to take on the ACLU and Planned Parenthood?
0: Yes, they are uh, in fact and, and I'm maybe not the one to speak uh, uh, to this directly. I, I'll let the folks at City council handle that, but uh, we, we did have uh, some representation offered to us. Um, I think it's the former former Solicitor General general in the state of Texas has offered to represent us should any of those cases arise.
1: Well, I, uh, I, I certainly hope that uh, other cities across America will follow your example, and, and Pastor Wade, I also hope that pastors, uh, other pastors will follow your example and step forward and provide leadership on these great moral issues of our day. We do not need to be silent. We need to speak out with clarity and with conviction and you've
0: done just that, and I thank you for it. Well, thank you very much. I, I appreciate the opportunity. Like I said, and I and I really uh, do believe that, uh, you know, we get so caught up in the national narrative and think that Washington, D.C. is is us against them. Um, this this nation's always been founded upon a uh, representative form of government of the people, by the people, for the people, all the way down to the city level, and it starts with us. And so I just encourage anybody else that might be listening, um, you know, Sanctuary Cities for the Unborn uh, is a website you can go to and sign a petition. Um, there, there are some really, really uh, wonderful people that would be ready to help you take the steps and show you how maybe you can see this done in your city also.
1: Very insightful, and you're absolutely right. We do get fixated on Washington, D.C., and that can be depressing. But when we look at what we can do right where we are, we can get excited and be encouraged because we can make a difference, and you're doing that. Pastor Wade, thanks so much for joining us today.
0: Thank you. Have a good evening.
1: Absolutely. Pastor Wade from Lebanon, Ohio. And, you know, we've been, we've had others on the program that have done the same thing. So maybe you're a pastor in your community. You can lead the effort to make your city a sanctuary city for the unborn. We can all do our part right where we are. The other side certainly doing theirs. Um, it's very fascinating. In fact, I didn't get to this quote from the, uh, the president and CEO of Planned Parenthood. I may try to get to this later. Just to show you... What the left is doing. Her, her statement's very revealing. So I'm, I'm going to come back to that. But next, when we come back from the break, I'll be joined by Senator Tom Cotton of Arkansas, who was at the first, the very first outbreak of the coronavirus. He was raising questions about China, about the lab. Well, he was called a conspiracy theorist not so much anymore he joins us next don't go away
8: get a trusted perspective on the news of the day every day listen to washington watch with tony perkins to get honest and in-depth commentary on what's going on in our nation's capital and around the world join family research council president tony perkins live every weekday by tuning into washington watch on the american family radio network Spot Radio, the KTLW Radio Network, and independent Christian radio stations across the country. Or listen to the show when it works for you by visiting TonyPerkins.com.
7: Since the Supreme Court decided Roe v. Wade in 1973, over 60 million people are now missing from our country due to legalized abortion. Public opinion, our knowledge of law, and scientific advancements demonstrate that Roe should by no means be considered settled law. Roe is an abomination in our country's history. And it's time for the horrendous practice of legalized abortion to end. To learn more about the legal, historical, and cultural reasons to overturn Roe v. Wade, go to frc.org Roe.
9: The Equality Act sounds like good legislation and something that ought to have bipartisan support, but it doesn't. Why? Because the Equality Act, paradoxically, would spur inequality. It is Trojan horse legislation that would hinder equality and would massively overhaul our federal civil rights framework. The stated purpose of the bill is to prohibit discrimination on the basis of sex, gender identity, and sexual orientation. The real effect of this bill would not be to eliminate discrimination, but to erase the freedom to hold a different opinion. The Equality Act would mandate government-imposed inequality by requiring acceptance of a particular ideology about sexual ethics, while leaving no room for legitimate public debate. Simply put, the Equality Act mandates an anti-life, anti-family, and anti-faith agenda throughout federal law, and would be a disaster for all Americans. To learn more about the inequality of the Equality Act, visit frc.org
8: equalityact equality act. Since June of 2015, over 12,000 Christians have been killed in Nigeria. This violence has reached a point at which experts are warning of a progressive genocide specifically targeting Christians across Africa's largest and most economically powerful nation. Yet this violence often goes unreported in the media and, if reported, is seriously downplayed. To learn more about what is actually taking place in Nigeria, along with other countries where Christians face persecution, visit FRC.org slash Nigeria.
5: Did you know that Planned Parenthood is the biggest abortion supplier in the U.S.? According to Planned Parenthood's most recent annual report, it committed 354,871 abortions in fiscal year 2019 up by over 9,000 abortions since 2018. According to these numbers, Planned Parenthood aborted 972 babies every single day. To learn more about what Planned Parenthood is really doing, visit frc.org slash Planned Parenthood Facts.
1: This is Washington Watch, and I'm Tony Perkins. The website, TonyPerkins.com. Tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, stand. You can join us, PrayVoteStand.org. All right. uh, Earlier today, President Biden announced in a statement that he has asked the U.S. intelligence community to, quote, redouble their efforts to collect and analyze information that could bring us closer to a definitive uh, conclusion, end quote, as to the origin of the coronavirus. Now. The White House statement comes on the heels of Biden's chief medical and mask advisor, Anthony Fauci, who made this comment on May the 11th. But no, I'm not convinced uh, about that. I think that we should continue to investigate what went on in China until we find out to the best of our ability exactly what happened. Certainly, the people who've investigated say it likely was the emergence from an animal reservoir that then infected individuals, but it could have been something else, and we need to find that out. So, you know, that's the reason why I said I'm perfectly in favor of any investigation that looks into the origin of the virus. That's interesting because if anyone ever questioned where this virus came from, possibly coming out of the lab in Wuhan, uh, they were... um, discredited, saying that they were pursuing conspiracies. Well, apparently not so now. Joining me now to talk more about this, U.S. Senator Tom Cotton of Arkansas, who um, was one of the first out there asking these questions and, um, again, was said to be spreading conspiracy theories. Senator, welcome back to the program.
10: Hey, Tony, it's good to be back on with you. Thanks for letting a notorious conspiracy theorist like me join you. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Glad to have you on. I saw your tweet uh, in response to the White House's uh, statement. Too little, too late.
10: Uh, this is too little, too late, uh, um, and it's also directed at the wrong people. I mean, sure, our intelligence uh, agencies co- should continue to try to get to the bottom of this, but they don't have the answers in their hands. The Chinese Communist Party does. And Joe Biden, from day one, should have demanding should have been demanding answers from China. He shouldn't have been taking any steps to coddle or appease China as he has, and he should continue to demand those answers. Now, look, do I expect China to open up the Wuhan labs for an American or even an international team of scientists? Do I expect them, even if we did, that we would discover evidence that in all likelihood has been destroyed? No. But we should hold China accountable for this, and we should lower the boom on China for what they've done to the world over the last 18 months.
1: So now I I guess I'm trying to figure out what has changed because a lot of this information has been out there. You were raising questions over a year ago about and warning about what was coming out of China. Um, End of last year, uh, beginning of this year, there were reports out about these three researchers at the lab there in Wuhan, China, that were uh, admitted to the hospital with flu-like symptoms. In fact, uh, going back to an article that was in the Wall Street Journal on January the 15th of this year, it quotes then-Deputy U.S. National Security Advisor Matthew Pottinger, who told international leaders uh, at the end of last year, that would have been 2020, that intelligence report, uh, points to SARS-CoV-2 having originated from the Wuhan Institute. Um, that intelligence had not been made public and China had denied the virus came from the lab. Also, when WHO went over to investigate the sources, they didn't even consider the lab as a possible source. They looked at the market. So, I mean, this is very troubling to me and how this has really been uh, covered up.
10: Yeah, uh, Tony, I, I mean, the biggest change from last year to this year, of course, is that. Donald Trump is no longer in the White House, and Joe Biden is. Um, and early last year, when I was pointing out, not on the basis of some kind of secret intelligence or um, other information, but just plain old common sense, Tony, it's like, guys, this virus didn't emerge from some mountain village next to a cave full of bats. It emerged in a city larger than New York, right down the lab, right down the street from the labs. Where they research dangerous coronaviruses? How about we ask them questions about that? As you say, the media referred to me as a conspiracy theorist, and then Donald Trump picked up what I was saying and said they said that he's just repeating debunked conspiracy theories. The media was going to do nothing um, if it came from me, who, suffice to say, they don't like my politics, um, and certainly nothing if it was going to help Donald Trump's reelection.
1: But it's becoming very difficult for them to to skirt the facts, the fact that now it's the evidence is there. You have these three researchers that uh, had these flu like symptoms at the same time last fall. And, uh, you know, it, like you say, you, it, it doesn't is this not brain? This is not brain surgery, uh, not rocket science. Uh, you've got in the place where you have a lab at its doorstep, you have this outbreak. I mean, it only makes sense that you would want to look at the records of this laboratory, the security protocols, everything else that's there, but has not been looked at by WHO. In fact, when WHO went over there to look at it, they specifically did not look at the lab so how are they going to get to the bottom of it if they don't look at what could probably be the primary source?
10: Yeah, I mean, the WHO mission was a joke. First of all, it was filled with a bunch of people who had no relevant, relevant expertise. The, like the lead of it was like a food safety expert. Um, they didn't get to interview the researchers and the staff of the lab. They didn't get to view the records. They basically sat in a conference room and got some coffee and donuts and were fed a PowerPoint uh, set of lies by Chinese communist apparatchiks. Again, I, I'm not very hopeful that China is ever going to open up these labs to, and let us know what really happened there. Um, even if they did, they probably destroyed the evidence. Now, it is possible it's possible that we could have a whistleblower, a defector, something along those lines, um, someone who can corroborate what our basic common sense and what all the circumstantial evidence suggests. Um, I, I think that's probably the best we will ever get, though.
1: So, Senator Cotton, a a couple of questions uh, based on this is why is it important now? And that's I'm setting you up because I've got views that says it is important. But I want you to explain to our listeners why you don't just let this go, why it is important that we identify where this virus came from. Was it an accidental uh, release from this lab? You know, was it intentional? Where did it come from? Why is that important?
10: Well, let's remember why it would have been important, Tony, in October and November of 2019 if China had acted in a civilized fashion and told the world, told the WHO, told America and Japan and South Korea and Germany and other countries that could provide experts, perhaps we could have kept this as a local outbreak. It wouldn't have become the worst pandemic in a century. But it, now it's important to remember what this shows about the nature of the Chinese regime. Um, they are not only incompetent and negligent in this laboratory if the virus came from the lab, but malevolent uh, by covering it up and by showing the complete disregard for the lives of their own subjects to include, and in addition to, the lives of people around the world. Um, And China has to be held responsible for it. Like I said, it it is time for the civilized world to lower the boom on the Chinese Communist Party and make it clear that we will not tolerate their lies uh, and their nefarious actions anymore.
1: Uh, Earlier in the program, I had uh, Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky on. Now, we weren't talking about this. We were talking about the uh, Paycheck Protection Program, Planned Parenthood, getting that money. But Senator Paul introduced a measure Uh, which I think was uh, approved by the Senate, that prohibits further funding from the United States to China, in particular to this lab, to uh, do research on these viruses uh, to basically, uh, you know, make these super viruses that can jump from animals to humans.
10: Yeah, Tony, it's uh, It's really important that we get to the bottom of exactly what Tony Fauci and his agency at the National Institutes of Health was up to. Uh, look, he's been playing word games, which is a charitable way to put it. Misleading the American people is another way to put it for the last few weeks on this question. It is an obvious and indisputable fact of public record that – Uh, American taxpayers, because of Dr. Fauci's agency, provided hundreds of thousands of dollars to these labs in Wuhan. It is a matter of public record that these labs were conducting so-called gain-of-function research, trying to make these viruses more contagious and therefore more dangerous. Now, he's finally, in the last few days, started to acknowledge that he did so, uh, yet he claims that, well, we had to do it. This is where coronaviruses emerge from. We didn't uh, know they were doing this kind of research. It's like, well, why didn't they know it? So that raises questions about quality control and the way they monitor their grant recipients. And finally, Tony, this appears – these grants appear to have been made in explicit violation of at least the spirit, if not the letter, of a directive from President Obama not to fund this kind of very risky research for the exact reasons that we see now and what might have happened in Wuhan is that although there can be valid reasons for this research, it also uh, creates the risk of an accidental lab breach.
1: Well, I, I would go a little bit further. The, the gain of function in terms of making these into super viruses, I guess there, there's, you know, the scientists say there's a purpose in all of this. And I, I guess I can understand that. But why would we fund the Chinese Communist Party to do this research when, you know, even on our best day, we don't trust them?
10: Uh, well, what Dr. Fauci has said is that well, you've got to go to where the viruses are, and these viruses are in China, and they can't can't research them in Fairfax County. It's like, well, you know what? Viruses are transportable. You know, who you can go get the MERS virus uh, in Asia and bring it to the United States to our labs and investigate it and research it. Um, no matter what kind of research you're doing, why why should we be spending millions of our dollars? supporting Chinese scientists on research that is going to benefit the Chinese Communist Party and the People's Liberation Army.
1: Well, and, and also, I mean, I'm concerned that while this, if it did come from the laboratory, maybe we will or maybe we won't know, uh, accidental. But if, given what the Communist Party of China is up to, I don't trust them with this type of uh, material – and what they could do if they wanted to intentionally inflict harm upon the world.
10: Yeah, you're not the only one, Tony. I mean, I don't trust them to, like, protect our athletes during the Olympics next year and not to use their uh, DNA samples to try to create the next generation of Genetically engineered super athletes or super soldiers in the future. These are all part of China's explicit plans in terms of like synthetic biology and their advances in medical science designed to establish Chinese primacy over the world. There's no links to which the Chinese Communist Party won't go uh, to do so.
1: So let me ask you uh, another question on this information as it's come out. What what has brought us to this point to where this information now is even being acknowledged by the mask doctor, Dr. Fauci, in terms of saying, yeah, well, w- yeah, we do need to investigate this. Is this because people like yourself and others kept pressing the issue that now the facts can no longer be denied?
10: Yeah. So, so I and others in the Congress have been pressing these every time we get a chance to raise the issues in oversight hearings um, to demand answers, you've seen it in real time over the last two or three weeks. Every time Tony Fauci appears, he begins to backpedal a little bit more. You know there has been what's characterized as new reporting, as you pointed out. The Wall Street Journal had a story earlier this week about these mm-hmm. three scientists or staffers who were sick in the fall of 2019. But also, the Trump administration released that information last January, um, and that gets to the more fundamental point, which is. Um, Donald Trump is no longer president. Joe Biden is president. So from the blue media's perspective, it's okay to actually look into these things now.
1: Oh, so uh, but there's they're not accusatory uh, in in talking about this information. So now that this information is coming out and at least there is a cloud of question over China and how it dealt with the investigation into the virus, as we pursue this and more information becomes available, and let's say we do, in fact, at some point in time verify or at least move beyond uh, you know, a reasonable doubt that it did come from the laboratory, what next? How does that impact our policy with China? Uh,
10: well, Tony, uh, as you know, China is already not terribly popular with the American people, nor should the Chinese Communist Party be popular, but imagine how China will be viewed, not just in the United States, but around the world, if it turns out that Chinese communist incompetence and deceitfulness was responsible for all the loss of lives, for all the illness, for all the destroyed uh, businesses, for all the lost livelihoods, it will be time for the civilized world to lower the boom on China. Look, we have lots of pressure points. We can strip them and their families of visas. All these rich Chinese oligarchs don't get to go to American colleges and private schools anymore. We can introduce resolutions every week in the U.N. demanding that China come clean and have an investigation. We can strip them of their developing nation status uh, at the World Bank, which allows them access to all kinds of special economic privileges uh, and concessions. We can, in the United States, repeal their permanent normal trade relations, permanent most favored nation status, uh, so they can no longer trade on favorable terms with our country. There is no end to the points of leverage that we and the rest of the civilized world has. And we should uh, use those points of leverage right now, in my opinion, because we already know they've been lying about it. But especially, especially just imagine what world opinion will think if we find out that the Chinese Communist Party is responsible for this yeah, pandemic.
1: Absolutely. And the more information the American public has, the more leverage they will apply to the political leaders, even a party like that of Joe Biden that is reluctant to take on China. So the more information that's put out there, uh, the the greater chance China is held accountable. Senator Tom Cotton, as always, great to talk with you. Thanks so much for uh, joining us today. Thank you, Tony. All right. Senator Tom Cotton of Arkansas. I mean, I know you, you think, well, that, that's an old story. No, we need to get continue to get to the bottom of this and hold this administration accountable and, and make sure they don't pursue these cozy relationships with China and some of these other totalitarian governments. All right, again, tune in tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Pray, vote, stand how Christians ought to be praying in these times. Until next time, I leave you with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul, found in Ephesians 6, where he says, when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, when you've prepared, and when you've taken your stand. By all means, keep standing.
0: 372-7234. That's one 372
2: 7234